This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 419, and the quote of the day is, the devil is in the details. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's happening? Nick Ruffini here, and man, I am, I, I had a realization this morning when I woke up about how much I literally love my job so much, and I have you to thank for that, so, uh, I, and I don't, I'm not saying this to be, to be boastful by any means, but every day I get to wake up and I get to work on things that I love working on in music and drumming and and business and all of those things. And that would not be possible without you. So I thank you for being a part of this podcast, being a part of this community. And last night, everything sort of came full circle to me or full circle for me. Uh, I was at the hall notes and train show at uh, the Oracle arena here in San Francisco, uh, technically Oakland. And I knew a lot of the guys. I knew I know two guys in Hall Notes. I know uh, you know Drew Scholes from Train, and it was it was really cool. Drew said something to me that was like he's become friends with other drummers because of this podcast, and it's sort of a talking point. Like, hey, do you do you know Nick? Or you know, we both have been on Nick's podcast or something like that. And it really hit me last night the amount of of impact that this podcast has. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this to be, to be boastful or, or to be braggadocious by any means, but I, I just want to sincerely just say thank you. And I have a lot of gratitude to be able to do the things that I do every single day. And last night was just an amazing night. And then this morning I really woke up and, and was thinking about how, how lucky I am to be able to do this. So thank you. Thank you for, for being a part of this. I'm not going to be belabor the point, but, uh, but I just want to say thank you and let you know that I am, I'm grateful that I get to do this every single day. And quickly speaking of things that I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the support of the advertisers on this podcast because without them, it would not exist either. They keep this free for you and they keep the episodes coming out. And Dream Symbols has been supporting this podcast for a very long time. If you haven't checked them out already, please do yourself a favor. Check them out. Why? Because one, they make amazing sounding symbols, but two, they're a lot cheaper than everyone else's symbols. So they figured out how they can make great symbols and not break the bank at the same time. So you can learn more about them, and I urge you to do so. I ask that you support the companies that support this podcast. You can do that by going to dreamsymbols.com. So this this little uh, this little ditty that I'm going to do, I don't know if it's a ditty, but this is based off a conversation that I actually had last night with Shane Terrio, who is the guitar player from Hall Notes. And Shane, Shane listens to the podcast and he's, he's a drummer, uh, at heart. He started playing drums, but he's the guitar player MD now for Hall Notes. And he has played with some of the most amazing drummers in the world throughout the years. I mean, he's played with Jim Keltner, he's, you know, Jim Keltner has played on his records. He's played with Al- Alphonse Muzon, Stanton Moore, um, uh, I mean, there's the list goes the list goes on and on of the people who he's played with. Steve Jordan. I mean, he's played with a ton of great drummers. He plays with Brian Dunn now in in Hall of Notes. Uh, I know that I'm missing a lot. Johnny Vadakovich. So we talked about all these drummers, and I asked him. I said, I said, for you, what makes a great drummer? 
what is it that separates sort of the men from the boys, the women from the girls? What is it that makes a great drummer? And he said, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that, but there's a couple things that sort of come to mind. And I thought it was interesting to get his perspective because it's easy for us as drummers to sit around and talk to other drummers and say, what makes a great drummer? He's like, oh man, you got to have this or that, you know, but, but guitar players or bass players or keyboard players or other non-drummers, I think don't, or I know don't care about anything else except how it feels, how it sounds, all those sorts of things. So I wanted to ask him because he's played with so many great drummers. So it was interesting to get his perspective on it. Here's some of the things he said. Number one, he said it's the nuances. It is the the little things that are going on inside of the drummer's playing that you don't necessarily notice or not that you don't necessarily notice, but you can't really put your finger on what it is, but it's just the nuances. It's the way that they're playing the ride cymbal. It's the way that they're playing the kick drum. There's a way where the space is between the kick and the hi-hat and, you know, where, where the, where that sort of openness is and things like that. So that was the first thing. It was, it was the nuances. Uh, the second thing he said was tone, you know, if if the drums don't sound good, forget it. It's all bets are off. So the tone, the the way that the snare drum sounds, the way when you hit that tom or or the you know the tone of the cymbals and all that stuff is super duper important and and definitely adds to the musicality. Uh, the third thing he said was dynamics and and the way that that you have control as a drummer over the dynamics, so you can really accentuate different you know, different uh, voicings around the kit and everything isn't all at 11 or all at three. So you may have a ride cymbal that's at a seven, but you may have a kick drum that's at a two and a snare drum that's at a three and being able to control all of those dynamics and accents. So if you sort of put those two together, you can really start to get, really start to get musical in in the playing but just by controlling those things and one of the one of the people who really sticks out in my mind who does that i mean there's a million people who do it but jeff picaro talked about that a lot about the dynamics and about the accenting and how you can sort of get this this underlying pattern that's happening on the groove that you're playing that sort of sort of snakes through it and you know and he was really famous for doing that kind of stuff so where you'll hear him playing and you know he can be playing a great a straight groove but with his with his right hand he may be accenting around that too so it's like and he gets like it's even i mean it's hard to do it with with you know my mouth i'm not a beatboxer but the way that he would do it where like the accents and the dynamics would fluctuate and flutter on his hi-hat throughout the groove and it wasn't something that was like really up in your face it just made it feel that much better so dynamics and accents are, are things to to think about four was something that i wasn't expecting and shane said attitude not only your attitude behind the kit, but your attitude as a person. And he was saying that he noticed that when people have good attitudes and the way that they approach things, if they if they sort of have this this uh, this like kick ass attitude kind of thing, and they have that attitude in their playing, then that comes out and is more musical. So attitude may be something to uh, to think about. Uh, the other thing is simplicity, and he talks about. 
the ability to play simplistically and make it feel really good. No, And that's not a tempo thing. It's just a matter of playing, being able to play simplistically and making it feel good. And sort of the mirror to that is also the openness and the space between the notes. The space between the notes are way more important than the notes themselves and how you can manipulate that space. And that's what he was saying with simplicity, how you can not only play these simplistic grooves, but how you can really maximize the space in between the notes and make them feel good. And it's before the note and after the note. So there's all of these, you know, weird little back to number one would be the nuances. There's all these weird nuances going on between those spaces in the notes and you can you can control them and you can make those spaces shorter and longer. And that to me is an amazing thing. But, but Shane uh, hit it on the head with that. He's like, man, it's, it's all about those spaces in between the notes. So the five main things uh, we'll touch on them again are the nuances, the tone dynamics and accents, your attitude as a player and as a person, and then simplicity and the ability to play simplistically and make it musical and those space in between the notes. Now you'll notice that Shane didn't say anything about what kind of gear you have. Like, do you have the best ride symbol? Do you have the latest and greatest snare drum? And he didn't talk about chops and he didn't talk about being able to play, you know, some crazy linear pattern and all that stuff. Not that I'm saying none of that is valuable. I'm just saying that never even came up in the conversation at all, which I think is telling. I preach that a lot on the podcast, but to hear it from a non-drummer, I think was really, really special. One thing I I did hear today that Mike Johnston was talking about is when he has a problem, when he's, when he feels like he's not doing something well or needs to learn something, does he... He always thinks, okay, I should just go out and buy a new camera. And then he says, well, let me think about this. If I wasn't be able, if I wasn't able to play this pattern on the kit, or if I wasn't be able to, if I wasn't able to play this groove, would I go out and buy a snare drum, a new snare drum? And he said, no, I already know how to play the drums. My skills need to improve. And I think that's a a valid valid point here, talking about a, you know new gear and everyone thinks like oh when I get this new gear or whatever it is or when I can get my paradiddles up to three hundred BPMs then I'll be then I'll be great and I think those those are wrong I think all of those things are are incorrect and that's not what makes a great drummer that, again this is opinion and this is Shane's opinion and this is my opinion and and other people have voiced these same opinions it doesn't mean that that's 100% truth. So I would love to hear your opinions about it. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. And I would like to I would like to open up the conversation and hear what you have to say about it. What do you think makes a great drummer? And let's start a conversation about this. So let's post on, I'll post something on Instagram when this episode comes out and I'll ask what makes a great drummer. So I want you to chime in on the drummer's resource page and tell me what you think makes a great drummer. So I hope you enjoyed this. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you for letting it get up to 400 plus episodes. That is amazing. I have no one to thank but you and the advertisers that keep it free for you. So thank you so much. Until the next podcast, keep drumming and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.